A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. The Tito's handmade vodka was ice cold, condensation trickling down the copper metal shaker. It's got to be fresh lime, they drawled. Tart, but balanced. They weren't normally this finicky about cocktail hour. But with Tito's, it had to be perfect. Simple syrup, the final ingredient. The sound of shaking filled the room to the brim. For the perfect pour at next week's book club, try the Tito's Gim Literature. Find the recipe at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Grammar Girl here. This week, I'll give you an easy trick for remembering the difference between transitive and intransitive verbs. And we'll talk about double possessives, like, I'm a friend of Fred's. But first, I want to remind you about my grammar game for the iPhone, iPad, and Mac desktop. If you got a new device or new computer, check out Grammar Pop while you're exploring. You match words with their part of speech to pop clouds. It starts easy, but by the end, it's pretty hard. Kids can definitely play the lower levels, but even most adults will be challenged by the middle and highest levels. Search for Grammar Pop. So I hate scary-sounding grammar words as much as you probably do. But I have a quick and dirty tip to help you remember the difference between transitive verbs and intransitive verbs. Transitive verbs require an object. For example, filled is a transitive verb, and the cup is the object in this sentence. She filled the cup. It doesn't make much sense to have filled without an object. She filled. That's incomplete. The tip for remembering the name is to think of transitive verbs as transferring their action to the object. Transitive and transfer both start with the prefix trans. Here are some examples of transitive verbs. They designated a hitter. The clock struck one. Intransitive verbs, on the other hand, don't take an object. Here are some examples. You can simply say, he ran. They nap. Some verbs can be transitive or intransitive, depending on how they're used in a sentence. To cheer is one example. You can simply say, they cheered. Or you can cheer something, an object, and say, they cheered the band. And that was your quick and dirty tip. Next, guest writer Bonnie Tringa is going to help us answer this question about double possessives from a listener named Kathy. Quote, which is correct? I'm a friend of Fred or I'm a friend of Fred's, or I'm a friend of Fred's, unquote. She points out that it would sound normal to say he's a friend of mine, and mine is the possessive pronoun. Kathy's right, though you usually use only one possessive at a time. Many purists believe that double possessives should be relegated to informal and semi-formal writing, if you use them at all. Nevertheless, double possessives have appeared in good writing for centuries, and most people will find themselves using them on occasion. One way to use possessives is to indicate who owns what. If Squiggly owns a car, you say, this is Squiggly's car. You use an apostrophe plus an S on the end of Squiggly. You can also form a possessive by using the word of, such as the crown jewels of the United Kingdom. 
Of course, you could also say the United Kingdom's crown jewels. These examples are just normal possessives. There's nothing double about them. The confusion arises when you use both ways of making possessives at the same time, as in a friend of Fred's. Here you have an apostrophe plus an S plus an of. Although such a double possessive is allowed, I personally prefer Fred's friend over a friend of Fred's. Why not just say he's Fred's friend? Nevertheless, to help us learn what's right, let's look at some possessives and double possessives that native speakers wouldn't use. It definitely sounds odd to say a car of squiggly. On the other hand, you could say a car of squigglies, assuming he has lots of cars and you're pointing at one of them. However, a car of squigglies doesn't sound as natural to me as one of squigglies' cars. On the other hand, it's perfectly normal to say the crown jewels of the United Kingdom or the United Kingdom's crown jewels. But it turns out that it's ungrammatical to say the crown jewels of the United Kingdom's. There's a clear-cut rule that helps explain. When you're talking about inanimate objects, objects that aren't alive, such as the United Kingdom, you can't use a double possessive. According to the new Fowler's Modern English Usage, for a double possessive to be legal, the object of the preposition of has to be, quote, definite and human, unquote. In other words, it's fine to say a friend of my uncle's, but not a friend of the museum's. You have to say a friend of the museum. We could clear up some of the confusion by stating that we should just always avoid double possessives. Maybe that would make life easier. Instead of a friend of my uncle's or a car of squigglies, Maybe we should always say my uncle's friend or Squiggly's car. For the most part, you can't go wrong if you follow that advice. You should probably avoid double possessives anyway if you're aiming to use formal English. There are, however, some cases when a double possessive is useful to help clarify your meaning. For example, if you attempt to avoid the double possessive and say something like, this is Marie's portrait, you end up with an ambiguous sentence that could mean you're looking at a portrait of Marie or a portrait that's owned by Marie. You can fix the problem by substituting one of two sentences depending on what you mean. If you mean Marie owns the portrait, then the double possessive makes it clear. This is a portrait of Marie's. On the other hand, if it's a lovely rendering of Marie, this is a portrait of Marie, will serve you well. Another time when you might need to use a double possessive is if you want to use a possessive pronoun, such as theirs, hers, or mine, as noted in Kathy's initial question. In fact, it's impossible to avoid using a double possessive in cases such as she's a relative of his. If you don't like double possessives, you could reword such sentences by saying she's his relative, she's one of his relatives, or simply, they're related. Double possessives might also be necessary if you're using a that, those, this, or these in your possessive. For example, the hat of aardvarks sounds a bit odd to me, whereas that hat of aardvarks sounds a lot more natural. That question of Kathy's was pretty tricky, or rather, I might prefer to say Kathy's question was pretty tricky. The better choices for her are, I'm a friend of Fred, or I'm Fred's friend, or even Fred is my friend. 
The double possessive does have legitimate uses, but you might want to avoid it in formal writing and perhaps use only one possessive at a time if it sounds natural. That segment was written by Bonnie Trenga, author of The Curious Case of the Misplaced Modifier, who blogs at sentencesleuth.blogspot.com. Today, for your tidbit, I should probably say tidbits because I have two follow-ups from previous episodes. Last week, I named adulting my word of the year, and soon after, one of my Twitter friends named Sonia Cherry pointed out that it's a lot like the word parenting, and that is a fabulous point. I looked up the history of parenting, and the Oxford English Dictionary says that the word originated in the U.S. and was first used in print in 1918. That's a lot newer than I would have thought, which seems to make it an even better partner for adulting than I first imagined. So thanks to Sonia for noticing adulting and prompting me to look up parenting. And then two weeks ago, I talked about why Ebola is capitalized, and I said Ebola is the name of a river in Zaire. And it was near the Ebola River that the virus first caused disease in humans. Well, John O'Mulqueen on Facebook made me realize that the way I said it was misleading because today, the country that was Zaire when Ebola was discovered, today it's called the Democratic Republic of the Congo, or the DRC. The name changed in 1992. When you read about Ebola, Zaire comes up again and again because that's what the country was called back when the virus was discovered. Sometimes the first outbreak is referred to as the Zaire outbreak, and the species that's causing the current outbreak is called the Zaire species. But still, I used the present tense to say Ebola is the name of a river in Zaire, and that's not right. I should have pointed out that the country is now called the DRC. Sorry for any confusion I may have caused. If you're a new listener, welcome, and please subscribe at iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this podcast so you never miss a new episode. They come out late every Thursday night. And if you have an iOS device, check out my game, Grammar Pop. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. This episode was recorded in the fabulous studios at the Reynolds School of Journalism at the University of Nevada, and the podcast is produced in partnership with Macmillan Holdings. That's all. Thanks for listening. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Everyone knows that the best way to tell a good story is over a good drink. Spirit in a Bottle, Tells and Drinks from Tito's Handmade Vodka, brings them together. In its first-ever cocktail book, Tito's offers fans recipes, mixology tips, and a never-before-seen look at its journey, from a one-room distillery to becoming America's favorite vodka. Order your copy today at titosvodka.com book. Read it and sip with Tito's. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly.